Hey, I'm Adara, and I'm going to be a special guest on this episode of Exoplanetary. You are going to hear my song, Alien, which you can find anywhere music is streamed or on my website at adaramusic.com. Exoplanetary, the adventures of the spacefaring Wolverton family and their friends far in the future. Hello, Brother Dustin here in my new research digs on the planet Mars. After my adventures on Earth, I've enjoyed resuming my simpler life as a monk. That said, my adventures have influenced me to research the 21st century, the final years of human civilization on Earth. In studying the period, I've stumbled onto something quite unexpected. It's a moleskin notebook. Every page is filled with careful handwriting. It's beautiful penmanship. The first pages have to do with the end of a very unhappy relationship. Sad stuff. But further along, I realized that this was the journal of a very notable woman. Her name was Angelica Wolverton, and she lived in a city called Portland, Oregon. Oregon. Sorry, Oregon. Angelica was an ancestor of mine, living 500 years before I was born. And she has another fascinating distinction for our family, um, something I wasn't expecting when I started reading. We're calling this chapter of our history Exodus. Every time I run a marathon, I tell people that I think it'll be my last. But this will definitely be my last. As I move through the throng of straining muscles and tendons, each of us pacing ourselves, each of us struggling to endure, I think about how tired Portland has become. It hasn't rained in three months. That used to be something we noticed. It's no longer possible to tell the destitute from the people with jobs and homes. Everyone's shoes are years old, almost as worn out as we feel. Mile three, I pass by a storefront on fire. I remember when there was a vintage clothing shop there. Mile seven, I see an abandoned high school that's now full of squatters. Mile twelve, I see a food truck on its side in the middle of the road. Mile twenty, I see chain-link fence surrounding the yard of the first house I drafted. Nothing left of it but a pile of debris. At the end, I drink a cup of water and a man hands me a silver blanket. Angelica? (coughs) Right. Might not be time to talk. (coughs) No, I could talk. I'm exhausted, but yes, talking. Let's do it. Yes, um, you probably don't remember me, so I'll just... I took a deep breath, bent over to let some blood rush to my head, and when I came back up, he was gone. Another face in the crowd. You have one unheard message. First unheard message sent yesterday at 7.15 p.m. Watch the live stream of the race, sweetie. Good job. Couldn't pick you out, but I'm sure you did great. I was wondering if you got that book I sent you. I think there's something to alien abduction, don't you? I think it happened to this gal I used to date. One of those men in black things. The real men in black, not that Tommy Lee Jones stuff. Anyway, your mom and I are real proud. Love you. Bye. End of message. To delete this message, press 7. Message deleted. End of messages. Check erased messages. Press 1-9. It's been 20 years since I left Echo Bay. I left with the teenager's notion that everyone there had tiny minds and that I was so much smarter and special and would find my people among the great cities of the world. I found out that it doesn't matter what size your mind is. This world can be impoverished when it comes to compassion, 
or any of the other things we need from other people. I've been humbled enough by my life to know that I'm sometimes an offender. This is what happened with me and Ken. He thought that moving north would solve things, that there might be something like a hospitable climate up near the Yukon. But what would there be up there for me? I'm an architect. I design huge luxury homes and skyscrapers. People don't need those in America. Not anymore. I'm gonna go smoke. Want to? Clark, I just ran a marathon. I run every morning and eat like a Buddhist monk with IBS. I'm not going to take up vaping weed, all right? Don't have to be so harsh, Ange. I just wanted to find a way to say goodbye. Come on, Clark. Don't be silly. You don't have to leave. Stay a few months. You'll find something. There's no work in Portland. There's nowhere left to live. Nothing I can afford anyway. What am I going to do? I'm heading north. Ken has a place in BC. Lots of folks we know up there. It gets a little cold in the winter, even a little snow. What's Ken doing? Is he okay? He's fixing cars. Lots of people drove up there in rust buckets. He converts them to electric. Solar panels, too, if they have the money. He used to moan all the time about working in his father's garage. He thought he was going to write the great American novel. Yeah. Nothing's ever going to be great in America again, Ange. Don't say that. Look, I appreciate you renting me the room. It's a beautiful house, but you know what? You can build another house just like it up north. Ken thinks we could build a whole neighborhood in Moose Butter. The town is called Moose Butter? I mean, that's what it says on the return address. It's more of a village than a town. There's a post office, a grocery store, an old roadhouse. The nearest Tim Horton's 50 miles south, but you could design and build a one-woman street of dreams up there. People need homes. Everyone's sick of tents. Look, Clark, the way Ken and I left things, I don't think that can be fixed. How bad are we talking? He's been asking about you. I mean, it's your life, Ange, but people don't need architects here anymore. There's plenty of places to live. People just can't afford them. But there's a future up there. A place called Moose Butter. It's morning in Canada. The shining city on the hill turns out to be the Great White North. Think about it. I'll think about it. Goodbye, Clark. Good luck. Good luck, Ange. The next morning, Monday, I was downtown again. A job offer, way up big pink. I was a not afraid nerves. Uh, anything for a veteran, miss? I was on SEAL Team 6. Have a nice day. He looks old enough to be my father. Downtown gets cleaned out every Thursday night. The police come through with riot gear and wave cannons. They can't waste the water, so they use giant magnets to push the homeless. As I'm escorted up the elevator, I'm second-guessing my proposal. Too ostentatious? Too many classical features? Too pretty for this misbegotten time and place. But then, I step into his office, and I see him. Angelica, so good to see you again. You're the man from the marathon. I didn't catch your name. Dallas. Dallas Kimball. Dallas Kimball. I know that name. I sat across from you in Mr. Clark's science class, freshman year. In Echo Bay. Whatever happened to you? You had that big family with like 20 sisters. Well, three sisters, actually. Growing up, it felt like 20. You're right about that. We moved back to Provo that year. I finished school in Utah, BYU. So you're back in Oregon. Yeah, for a while anyway. The boss lives in Portland, so it's helpful to be based here. My family's back in Utah. And who is... Actually, I hate to cut this short. I've got to catch a plane. But I wanted to tell you personally, as a courtesy. Oh. Oh. Look, I appreciate that. I really do. And it's nice to see you again after all these years. 
but I understand if you aren't looking for this sort of... The boss loved the proposal. He wants you to get to work right away. He, he what? What? Which one? All three, actually. All three? Yes. We're planning on building in Portland, Seattle, and Salt Lake City right away. He was keen on your efforts because you can draft by hand, pen and paper. No computers? That'll take forever. Yes, I understand. We're hoping that the compensation will be enough to make up for that. It was a cashier's check for $7 billion. Not as impressive as it might have been before the great crash of 2022, but still nothing to sneeze at. I hope that's sufficient. It's a fu- freaking miracle! I'm glad to hear that. It was so good to see you again. I'll be in touch this week. Yes, thank you! Yes, thank you. Yes, hug nice, please. Sorry. Have a nice flight, Dallas. It wasn't until I was all the way down the elevator that I realized I hadn't asked Dallas why he was at the marathon. One year later, I'm at the border wall after spending six months in the village of Moose Butter, British Columbia. See your passport, please, ma'am? Yes, here you go. How was your trip to uh, Canada, eh? It was... <laughs> oh, oh, we got a crier. Oh, jeez. Oh, I'll go get the tissues. Now, you might not be inclined to talk to a police, you being American and all, but we've both had sensitivity training and attended several counseling workshops. Here's a box of tissues, uh, and we got a little comfort stuffy oh, here for you, you to cuddle with. Uh, she's a wolf. Oh, and you can keep them. We know people get emotional having to go back to the United States, what with it being a post-apocalyptic wasteland and all. Yeah. Tell us what happened, eh? <laughs> he didn't want to come home with me. Oh, oh I am geez, so sorry. Oh, geez, so sorry. <laughs> I, I spent all six months trying to convince him to come back, but he told me that no matter how much he loved me, he could never return to Portland. Oh, man, that is rough. But you don't need no man, honey. You're a fully realized woman with a passport and everything. Ain't nobody got time for that business, ma'am. No, no. I worked so hard to give us a base to live on. He could write his novel. I could find some more commercial work. We had a path. But he loves his new life up here. He said that he's needed up here. I'm going to have to have you step out of the vehicle, please, ma'am. What did I do? Oh, nothing, ma'am. I just wanted to offer you a comforting and encouraging hug. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you. (laughs) There, there, ma'am. Hey, get in on this. Group hug it, Mountie. Oh, you betcha. Let's hug it out. Oh. Thank you, guys. I just put so much hope on reconciling with Ken, but I suppose that it wasn't to be. Did you think about staying up here with him? No. Why not? You you haven't had a romance until you've had a Canadian romance. Well, Canada's all about love, ma'am. It's just all of my business contacts are in the U.S. Well, such as it is. What does that mean? Oh, nothing, sorry. <laughs> I mean, we have a bustling economy of our own up here. One where you don't have to pay for things with a shrink-wrapped cube of cash. But yeah, forget Canada. The U.S. is so much better. You best be getting back there now. Visas expired and all that. Uh, yeah. Thanks. Have a nice day. Oh yeah, have a nice day. Bye-bye. Open the wall, please. Bye-bye now. Have a safe trip home, ma'am. Oh, man, I'm glad that's over. Can you believe her? Preferring the U.S. to Canada. What's that all about? Yeah, well, that's why we finally had to build this here wall. Keep crazy Americans like that out of our country. Mm Mm-hmm. After my confusing reunion with Ken, I was eager to get back to Portland and continue my efforts to get my career back on track. But as I traveled past Seattle, I noticed it in the crowded skyline. My building. But that was impossible. I'd only turned in the blueprint six months before, the day before my trip to see Ken. How could it already be built? Not even six months. Without my supervision? Five months and three and a half weeks. I contemplated it all the way home.
have one unheard message. First unheard message sent yesterday. Angelica, this is Mama. I got your email. That's just too bad, baby. Ken just needs to pursue his own life up in Canada. You need to pursue your own in Portland. In dirty old Portland. I'm certain what with all the murders, arsons, and crooked police up there, you're just going to stand out from the other architects. Use your natural charm, just like Mama. Anywho, I called instead of emailing to let you know that your daddy finally got that boat. He swapped the house and the truck for it, and we're having a garage sale this weekend. Everything that we don't need on the boat. It's funny you were just in Canada, and we're thinking of docking up near Victoria, B.C. We'll be in touch when we get there. Love you. Don't get killed in Portland. Bye. End of message. To delete this message, press 7. Message deleted. End of messages. Check erased messages. Press 1-9. Two days later, I braved my way downtown, and I saw it standing there, casting an imposing shadow over the Union Bank Tower. My building, just as I had designed it. No signs of the block as I had known it. No signs of recent construction. Just as if it had always been there. In less than six months. Just like Seattle. How was such a thing possible? Here you go. Ah, uh, thank you, miss. Were you around to see this building get built? Well, sure, sure I was. Uh, uh, damn weird stuff. How so? Uh, 50-story building doesn't go up in two weeks. Two weeks? Yeah, definitely a rush. Lots of big trucks through here. Figure they prefabricated it, you know, like a, like a mobile home. Thanks for your help. I'll keep an eye on it for you, miss. I'm here most afternoons. When I stepped up to the main entrance, two security guards glared in my direction. I stepped back walking casually around the block. The builders took many liberties. I could tell just from ground level. No windows until the fourth floor. Many of my usual filigrees were missing. Strangest of all, several fire exits, north, south, east, and west, but only one entry under heavy guard and a brass plaque that read, Solar Cola World Headquarters. I built my house on an eyesore lot in Southeast, a smorgasbord of a neighborhood filled with large homes converted into multiple units and the occasional apartment building standing out like a poorly matched dental implant in the street's broken smile. I was a young woman then with a successful career. I had money and I built a place for me and the people I loved to belong. Six bedrooms three bathrooms, and a dining room fit for a queen. Surrounding the entire edifice was a majestic shaded porch, just right for a lazy summer's day. At least before the scorching summers of my youth gave way to the season of wildfire smoke and nearly boiling pavement. On that majestic porch was an equally regal porch swing I spent many an afternoon there, under a broad sun hat with a cool drink. But that afternoon, Dallas was gently rocking back and forth, sipping a caffeine-free solar cola. I heard that you were back in town. You should have called first. I agree. I apologize. But there are some things we might want to talk about, away from electronics. He pointed to my phone. I set it on my doormat and followed him into my garden. Summer's coming. Remember when we could have lawns? How nice they were in summer. The blades of cool grass between your bare toes. Utah's all xeriscaping these days. I'm not far from it myself. I'm surprised you didn't stay in Canada. Part of me thought you would. How did you know I... Never mind. This is already creepy enough. I'm sorry. I just need to be cautious. Why? First, though, why did you come back to Portland? You could have made a go of it in Moose Butter. That's none of your business. You're right. Well, I'll get going. Would you please recycle my pop bottle? That's it? I hired you because you were an amazing architect and an old friend. 
I saw a way to help you, and I wanted to do a good deed before I left for good. Left for good? Left where? Portland? None of your business. Tell me why you came back to Portland first. I couldn't see a life for myself in moose butter. Why not? The tundra's melting. There's still resources up there. Green grass. A woman who can design and build beautiful houses like this one would know how to handle that life. But what if it's not enough? Pardon me? What if it wasn't enough for me? I mean, we're both just shy of 40, Dallas. There must be part of you that's felt it. That fear that all of the things you could do were behind you. That you could accomplish so much more with your life, but the opportunity has passed. Maybe people won't give you a chance. You're no longer shiny and new. Maybe you've always seen something bigger in your head that you haven't been able to make real in the world. Designing your skyscrapers, that was the closest I came to scratching that unreachable itch in years. Maybe ever. And I didn't even really get to build them. You did. Seemingly overnight. Okay. Good. I can't help but think that there's more for me to do in this life. I'm not going to find it playing Dr. Quinn, architect woman, up in moose butter. I mean, what do you do with yourself when the frontier isn't far enough for you? And that's why you came back? Yes. Yes, that's why. I figured that as much as the city I love has gone to hell, that the only place I would find that opportunity would be here somehow. Part of me thinks I've been a fool. You haven't. This is exactly what I wanted to hear. It is? Why? What if I told you there will never be cool lawns in summer again? What if I told you that I have information that summer in Portland might get up to 140 Fahrenheit this year? It's 90 degrees in March. I'm listening. My employer, he's part of a big plan. Industrialists gathering skilled and talented individuals together for, let's call it a massive project. What kind of project? Even with people moving to more agreeable climates, there's still so much strife ahead. You've read about the water wars erupting throughout the Middle East, lots of rumbling in Latin America. This summer, living that close to the equator will be impossible. Superstorms are going to start wiping out coastal cities. For good. No rallying and rebuilding. Human civilization as we know it has a very tense decade ahead. At the end, humanity may not be extinct, but it needs to change to survive. This project is part of that change. And this project needs an architect? We need an everything. We need brilliant people from every imaginable discipline. Listen, if you're serious, you have to be willing to leave everything behind. This house, Portland, the possibility of heading back up to Moose Butter, everything. Pack a small bag and come to this. An engraved invitation? To the observation deck atop Solar Cola headquarters, I can bring a small bag of clothes and personal items, and a plus one. <laughs> yes, someone you'd like to be part of the future of humanity. Who are you bringing? Well, I have certain privileges, and a wife and four children. Of course. <laughs> I still find this incredibly frightening. It's not a cult, is it? It's not a cult, I assure you. I'm not feeling reassured. Angelica, I have known about this project for a very long time. Before my eldest was born, my son. I don't understand what you mean. This isn't a world you bring children into, Ange. It hasn't been for a very long time. You're right. Do you suppose I would have let that happen if I thought those beautiful little humans were going to grow up into scavengers on a ruined world? If I knew that there was hope somewhere out there... Don't you think that I would do whatever I could to get there? Dallas, this world makes us hope for so many things. Things that might not be real. I can assure you that this is very real. I still feel frightened. Well, you know, shrug. I've always thought you were an exceptionally smart person, Ange. We need you. But if you really find this frightening, you aren't the right person for us. Or for Portland's coming troubles. I hope to see you. I can assure you of one thing. This is the opportunity you've been talking about. But you can't tell me what it is? You'll find out when you get there. And you'll understand the secrecy. 
If you don't want it, you can take your chances here. Under the circumstances, I'm sure you will accept. I'll admit that I was scared out of my wits. A deadly summer or a hopeful unknown. I really wasn't sure about Dallas. Something about his hope was frightening. But based on the short time I worked with him, I believed that he was, at the very least, telling me as much as he thought he could. But what was this future? A sealed dome? An artificial island? Maybe something under the ocean? I puzzled about it anxiously all week. On the appointed day, I stood in front of Solar Cola headquarters. I was nervous, but I RSVP'd, so I felt obligated to at least make an appearance. I spotted a familiar face and beckoned him to join me. Hey there, what's with all these glad rags? <laughs> Have anything to do with why the cops closed off downtown? Going to a party. Never coming home. Interested? You for real? See across the street there. People are heading in. The great and good of Portland. Intelligent folks with so much to offer. And I've been invited to join them, and I can't help but feel that I don't belong. Why not? You're as important as anybody else. Thank you. I'm Angelica, by the way. Uh, Frank. We should go up, Frank. Show the upper class how to party down. <laughs> probably end up in a pie fight. That's what always happens in the movies. Come on, let's get over there. Wow. These are some really fancy people. I think that's Tracy Berry. She used to read the news. I used to watch her every day. Sweet. Keep cool, Frank. Security. Hi. Angelica Wolverton with my plus one. Hi, guys. He was with SEAL Team 6. Uh, <clears throat> right. <clears throat> yeah. It looks like we can go through. Were you really with SEAL Team 6? Does it matter? Would you look at this place? Frank was stunned to see a large room filled with hundreds of people each of them nibbling hors d'oeuvres and sipping drinks, amid a setting that looked less like a cocktail party and more like a ride at Disneyland. This room was not in my plans. Lights seemed to flash everywhere, screens flickered, a woman sang from the stage. Can't breathe, I'm losing all of my air I think I don't fit into this atmosphere It's just not fair They take beauty and make it feel strange Empty vessels with only
you've been enjoying the music. I'm Adara. Thank you. And I'm really excited to be joining you for, well, I'm not supposed to tell you what for, but it's going to be a blast. Oh, they told the singer and not me. Nice. Hey, I think that's Chuck Palahniuk. I'm going to go talk to him. Hey, Chuck, I read all your books, except Fight Club. Nobody told me about it. <laughs> I'm sure he's never heard that one. I looked around the party for Dallas, but I couldn't see him anywhere. Then the singer cleared her throat. It's my great pleasure to introduce our host for this evening. He's very unaccustomed to public speaking. Put your hands together for Frederick Kidding! And then, on the massive screens above us, he appeared. When I realized that Dallas worked for Solar Cola, I should have put it together. But nobody thinks about Fred Kidding because he's a recluse. Many stood there, mouths agape, because they'd assumed that old Fred died years ago. But there he was, his legendary whiskers pouring out of the visor of his space helmet. Greetings. Thank you for joining me on what promises to be a most exciting voyage. For many years, I have avoided your company, not because of your gossip about me being a germaphobe who cannot bear the thought of the millions of bacteria crawling all over your filthy, smelly body. <laughs> no, I have been working to secure our departure from this benighted planet. <laughs> Settle down, idiots. We represent but three craft departing from the spoiled planet Earth for our satellite to moon. There, we shall begin our colonization of the solar system, harnessing its bounty for the benefit of we fortunate few, the survivors of humanity's folly. Yes, we've anticipated everything, including your panic. For that reason, Please enjoy this nitrous oxide. Good night. Nighty night. See you filthy idiots on the moon. <laughs> I woke. Improbably in a spacesuit, a glass bubble surrounded my head. I could see that my fellow revelers had also been equally attired. Each of us lined up against the walls of the massive room. It reminded me of a ride at the state fair, which would spin at incredible speeds, letting the screaming people lift into the air. Are you awake? You? The singer? I'm Adara. I'd shake your hand, but we're strapped in. Nervous? Incredibly. Don't worry. You'll love space. I'm from there. Just relax and enjoy the ride. Right. Thanks. A screen descended from the ceiling. On it, I saw the face of Dallas Kimball. Ange, I am so sorry. I wrote Mr. Kidding a much longer and more elegant speech, but you know how CEOs can be. Too impulsive and childish to stick to the script. Terrible leadership, really. Dallas! Come over here so I can yell at you personally! No can do. 
I'm in the same situation you are, in a rocket in downtown Salt Lake City, with my wife and kids. My God, Dallas! I cannot go to the flipping moon! I mean, Dallas, it's... there's nothing up there! You're panicking. That's understandable. Now is not the time to console me. Now is the time to get me off the goddamn spaceship, Dallas! I understand. I want you to have agency in this decision. If you feel on your right side, you'll find an emergency switch. Pull on it, and you will be released. Just head to the elevator and skedaddle. What do I do about this spacesuit? No, don't worry about it. Keep it. I don't feel the emergency switch. Other right. But it's an hour before takeoff. You have time to think. There's nothing to think about. I do not want to go to the moon. I get that, but listen. We've been shooting stuff up there for a while now. It's actually pretty nice. So what? Norway is nice, but nobody wants to live there. We have gardens up there. We're building a whole ecosystem. There are nice places to live and intelligent people. I hear we got the Unipiper, too. I don't care who or what you've got. It's the moon. Let me tell you what the moon doesn't have. An architect. What do you mean? All of the buildings are prefabricated, sent up there by private contractors. But we're reaching the point where we're going to have to start figuring out how to make buildings of our own. You need an architect. There are some physics issues to resolve, but we've managed to capture a few asteroids. Enough building materials for a century of expansion. Why not build underground? That's a good question. Why not join us and answer it? This is the challenge, Angelica Wolverton. How would you build skyscrapers on the moon? I gripped the emergency switch. I am sorry for the subterfuge. I'm sorry that I couldn't tell you everything. If we were more open about the project, we would have been swamped with volunteers. But everyone has the opportunity to back out now, if they want. They're being told as we speak. I wanted to tell you personally, you know, as a courtesy. You can probably see people departing even now. He was right. A small party of spacesuits were entering elevators. No more than two could fit in a car, but the line to wait wasn't long at all. Had we told people what we were doing, nobody would have let us build giant launching pads in the middle of three American cities. You what? You mean the buildings? Yeah, we had to make some adjustments, aerodynamic concerns. The entire skyscraper is actually a rocket. Just a facade. That's disappointing. Why be disappointed? Build a new one on the moon. Teach others to draft the way you do. Build the first lunar city. I can't come back? No. I'm not good at making this sort of decision, Dallas. I'm not impulsive. I like to have time to think carefully. I'm sorry. It's really okay if you leave. Don't be an idiot, Dallas. I know it's okay. Part of me wondered if we might be going to a satellite or something. I said, nah, it'll just be an island. But the moon, it just feels more final than you promised. I know, but it's your decision to make. Can I call my parents? Of course. Please leave your message. Hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. I'm sorry I didn't reach you, but it must be hard to get a signal out at sea. I'm... Uh, I'm not sure how to share this news. I'm on a rocket to the moon. I'm sure this is going to be on the news. It's going to be hard to miss rockets launching from cities all over the planet. But it sounds like I have a pretty secure job up there. Only architect for hundreds of thousands of miles. I just wanted to apologize for everything. Echo Bay was always too small for me. Thinking about it now, it's possible that the planet was too small for me, too. 
Or maybe too crowded. I don't know. That won't be a problem on the moon. <laughs> I'm sorry if you ever felt that I was avoiding you or keeping you at arm's length. You raised me to believe that I was an exceptional person, and I'm not sure that I fully believed it until today. I let my ambitions and my anxieties become crossed wires, and I think it made me a difficult person to love. And it broke me. God, it broke me in every way but killing me. But you both loved me anyway, and I appreciate that more than I can say. I'm not sure this is going to make any sense, really, but thank you. Thank you for encouraging me and giving me a good home and making it so I could reach this day. Stay safe and know that even if I found it hard to say, please, please know that I loved you and that I'm fine and I'm on the moon and I love you to the moon and back. Goodbye. Gary, look! Well, I'll be damned. I guess we timed it just right. Look at that thing go! I knew she'd find the right job. But on the moon? Probably means we're on the hook for her student loans. We can always lift anchor and move to international waters. They'll never track us down. Just think of it, baby. Gary and Heather's little girl grew up to be the first Wolverton in space. Puts me in mind of a different kind of blast-off, if you know what I mean. Gary! Keep I love you to the moon, Angelica! And back! Wolverton in space. The journal continues for quite some time, actually, but in terms of this adventure, it ends with a brief passage. From space, the Earth doesn't look like it's in much trouble. It looks blue and green and at peace. Very deceptive advertising. But from here, as I float and crowd around the viewports, the moon looks every bit like the rugged frontier I have been promised. Every now and again I have a moment that I think is anxiety, where I don't know how I'm going to survive. Then I take a deep breath and realize that isn't fear, but excitement. I've been given the opportunity I hoped and prayed for all these years, an entire globe of my own to shape a challenge to test any imagination, I will rise to it. You have been listening to Exoplanetary, Exodus, written by C. Christopher Hart, performed by Paige McKinney, as Angelica Wolverton. Kyle Stroud as Dallas Kimball. Jason Harder as Clark and Mountie One. Danger Marshall as Gary Wolverton. Brooke Higgins as Heather Wolverton. Chester Hope as Mountie Two. Connor Hearn as Frank. Bill Terry as Fred Kidding. Bobby Eversman as Brother Dustin. Special guest star Adara as herself. Produced by C. Christopher Hart. Music provided by Jacob Jansen. Sound effects by Danger Marshall. Thanks to Adara for providing Alien, now available wherever music is streamed. This play, the characters, situations, and associated intellectual property, copyright 2018 and 2019 by C. Christopher Hart, all rights reserved. Recorded at the Willamette Radio Workshop in sunny Portland, Oregon.
from a monastery on Mars, now with more nitrogen. It's Brother Dustin's News and Views. I'm your engineer and announcer, Brother Wilford. Please welcome our host, Brother Dustin. Uh, I'm dealing with a cold. Uh, you stay over there. <coughs> I think I got it at the monastic mixer day before last. I'm sipping some tea with honey, but I really feel like I should have stayed in bed. Well, self-care is important. It's the right thing to do, and, uh... <coughs> oh, let's get you back into bed there, compadre. That seems like a good idea. I haven't been this sick since I was a kid. When I was young and I first joined a monastic order, I used to get sick all the time. Allergies and asthma. Not an ideal life for people constantly breathing recycled air. It seemed like every time a virus hit the monastery, I was flat on my back for a week. The only good part of all that was that in my convalescence, I was able to spend time reading for pleasure, catching up on old media I'd wanted to see. In the 21st century, they called indulging in media binging, especially when it came to television. You could luxuriate in a series of any length, but for a really good binge, a significant number of episodes were required. I think that I might take some time and binge one of my favorite audio dramas, a show that creates and sustains a large and thriving community within its borders, and, and one that reminds me that human society is a complex and rich tapestry of personalities and viewpoints. It's a show that could teach us much about how to conduct ourselves in the present day. Uh, the 26th century has cast aside some of the aspects of life in the 21st. We, we, have, we have no democracy. Uh, we have no government. This show teaches us that while these ideals are difficult, um, they can be worthwhile when we participate and make them work. I will tell you more about this incredible audio drama after a brief commercial message from Brother Wilford. Home security is no laughing matter, but wouldn't it be great if it were? Acme security devices are a series of modular additions to your existing home security system that allows you to watch as intruders, solicitors, and unwanted visitors and family members are subjected to a hilarious, humiliating, and aggressive repelling. You could choose from options like giant mallet, trap door, ejection platform, pile of rotting vegetable waste, or enormous boxing glove. Use our promo code ROADRUNNER for extra savings. Acme Security Devices. Make it so funny, it hurts. Thank you, Brother Wilford. That sounds painful. Greater Boston is one of the finest of the 21st century audio dramas. As the title implies, it focuses on a group of diverse and unusual people in the city of Boston. The community becomes even more individualized through a series of unusual political maneuvers. The theme of the series include how we define community, uh, housing, family, life, death, and conveying sandwiches via pneumatic tube. I wish I had a sandwich tube. I wish I knew what a tuna salad tasted like. I wonder how you would rig up a pneumatic tube. I've gone through all of Greater Boston a few times. It's a good binge. It makes me think about how I could create a better community of my own and about how it might be possible to bring people together to make the world better, all of the worlds. One of the things I like about the show is that uh, even if the characters' plans go awry, which happens often, um, the protagonists try again, remaining dedicated to their goals and ideals, whatever they may be. Of course, there are heroes and villains in this story, and the antagonists are every bit as tenacious. You will enjoy all the characters. My favorite greater Bostonian is named Mallory. I have an interest in the linguistics of the 21st century, and through Mallory, I am confident that I have learned all of the swears. Greater Boston is written by Alexander Danner and Jeff Van Driesen. You can find them at www.greaterbostonshow.com. Me, you can find sipping vitamin water and relaxing in my cell. <coughs> I'm a little talked out, guys. See you next time. Hello, friends. 
Christopher again. Now comes the time where I remind you that you could support us at patreon.com slash exoplanetary. Now, if you want to hear these episodes earlier, as well as a bunch of neat stuff like our recent three-part mini-series of minisodes, you can find that stuff at our Patreon. The money is very helpful. With it, we pay actors and other contributors. That helps them get babysitters or puppy sitters or buy food or transportation. You know, not all of us have time travel devices. So... If you like us, but you can't support us, please get the word out. You can find us on Facebook at Exoplanetary Media and on Twitter at Exoplanetary Pod. Tell your friends, tell your community, tell the MacArthur Genius Grant people. We could really use the cash, folks. Another way to help is by leaving reviews. Speaking of which, let's read one. Now, this is from Apple Podcasts, and it is a five-star review. Out of this world! This is one of my favorite audio dramas, and the Wolvertons are by far my favorite AD family. I think that means audio drama. It's funny, adventurous, and an absolute delight to listen to. If you like exploring alien worlds, possibly homicidal but intensely loving androids, hey, I think that's Lucy, time travel, and robo-nuns, that's Mother Invention, then this is 100% the show for you. Wow. Now that one came from Inkfemeral, a.k.a. Jordan Kopp, the multi-talented writer and actor who you know from Giannis Descending, Here Be Dragons, and about 8,000 other audio dramas. And not to mention uh, someone that I've I've since met and become friends with. Thanks so much, Jordan. Now, if you're enjoying EXO, please leave a review on your podcatcher of choice. Now, if you do that, we'll thank you by reading it on a future episode. So we'll be seeing you in the near future, hopefully next month. Bye for now.